Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow all my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden and I share my journey with you guys. Now this week I have had to dig out my Wellington boots again and this gave me the chance to talk to the manufacturers of this Wellington boots that I absolutely support. Added to that, I've got a few ways that we can use comfrey in our allotments or our gardens. That'll be coming up as we go on throughout the show. So first of all, let's find out what I've been up to. Today is Friday the 20th of May 2022 and you join me in my garden at home. Now it is a Friday and I don't normally do or talk about much gardening on a, on a Friday. I normally save it for the Saturday. But it's my wife's birthday today and we're going away for the night so tomorrow we will not be able to do any gardening. So I've made up for it today. Now what I've been doing is basically having a big plant out session namely in my vegetable plot so in my area that I've got grapes next to my sub pod that I'm sitting on at the moment this sub pod is my subterranean compost bin which I absolutely love fantastic piece of kit and I, I really do like how this works but I figured to the side of the sub pod we've got some areas that can be used for growing food. I've sown uh, a few weeks ago some lettuce and some bring onions. Well I've added to that some pak choy and some lettuce that I've been growing from seed in the greenhouse. Just to use this area for a bit more food and got them well watered in to establish them. Now I've gone into some of the other beds, the Christmas dinner bed, I've planted out some cabbage, some Brussels sprouts and some cauliflowers, getting that well underway. We're going to get some peas in there soon. Actually the Christmas bed is really coming along quite well. I haven't rushed to do it this year, taking a bit more time and thinking about what I'm doing more with that one. Now into the other beds, I've planted out courgettes. I'm looking forward to courgettes this year. I don't know why, but I do like courgettes and they're something that do produce quite well. I've also planted out some tomatoes, varieties called Crimson Crush, some cucumbers, all of which I'm hoping will provide us with some really good food over this coming months. Added to that, I've also been sowing a few seeds directly into the ground, namely roots so i've sown some carrots and some beetroot and some spring onions again i'm just trying to grow as much food as i possibly can i now feel it is safe to start getting these seeds sown directly outside and start planting out plants outside now i'm saying that because the weather has really got quite nice it's been getting nice and warm but we have had a bit of a change in weather this week in that we've had a thunderstorm and lots of rain now because i garden on a heavy clay when it rains the soil does become very clay and i find myself reaching for my welly boots now last year i finally found a pair of welly boots that i'm actually comfortable wearing and taking on and off i'm a size 12 shoe so it can be a bit of a problem and a couple of weeks ago i caught up with the manufacturers of this boot to try and find out a bit more about it 
Last year at a show, I bought a pair of Weddy boots from well, the website. I'll get the uh, gentleman here to introduce the website. I'm Kev. Um, so Leon Boots is the company, and our website is lbcboots.com. And we're an innovation product of ultralight footwear and award-winning ultralight Wellingtons. Now, I bought this pair last year, and over the years I've tried lots of different welly boots, but this pair has completely blown me away because they are so light, yet really comfortable and hard-wearing. As somebody who's size 12 feet, I struggle finding welly <laughs> boots. You did, So, what can you tell me about what makes your wellies so great? So, it's, the, the easiest way to explain it is like a croc material, basically. Uh, it's a single injection mould, so it, it bold statement, but it will never split or crack. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all other PU wellies so whatever brand you purchase from £20 up to premium brands at 250 they're PU Wellington so they would split crack delaminate rot yeah there's an EVA material is, is the terminology of the product it, it's, it's a, as I said a single injection mould so it won't it won't do that won't crack yeah I mean I can testify after nearly wearing mine for years a year sorry they're still as good as the day I bought them yeah. from, apart from being a bit dirty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and all the products come with a machine washable sock, which will wear out, yep. but you can buy replacement socks. Fantastic, fantastic. And the thing that really blew me away is how light they are. They're lighter than a pair of plimsolls, I swear. Yeah. Uh, is that, again, down to the material used? So it's, it's, it's basically full of air pockets. So we, have a, we, we won most outstanding in construction footwear um, mm-hmm. for our safety welly which is the lightest safety welly on the market at under 900 grams. The products that you purchase is our, is our signature most popular welly, our Unisex Explorer, um, which is under 400 grams. So an incredible product. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm blown away. I mean, I've been using them for dog walking and in the garden, more importantly, and they are solid. They, yeah. you know, they don't yeah. let you down. No, no. <laughs> it's a, I, I'm beginning to use the terminology as a Marmite product. Yep. People either love it or they just don't understand it. Right, yeah, I think that's that's perfectly true, and this is what I, doing the audio for this. I'm trying to get over that just how incredibly light yeah. these boots are, because I was blown away with how light they are. And I cannot emphasise that enough. No. We we've got a label on the stand, as you can see, and it says, you know, pick me up, the lightest welly you will ever wear. And every single time people pick up the welly and go, oh my god, it's so light. Yeah. Yeah, again, I testify for that. (laughs) As I said, size 12, generally boots are very heavy for me. You know when you've worn most boots after a day. These I could wear all day long and not worry about them. It's a clever clever product, brilliant product. Fantastic product. So I'll give yourself a plug once more. Kev from Leon Boots. Leon Boots, and that's... Uh, lbcboots.com is our website of course add links into the uh, show notes for that website as well if anybody does want to check them out absolutely thank you so much no worries thank you Today is Sunday the 22nd of May 2022. I'm down on the allotment today. As I said yesterday I couldn't come down to the allotment because I was out for the day for the wife's birthday. But I'm on the allotment and I'll start a couple of days ago on Friday actually. I got an email from the council. They had done a plot inspection. Now when they do a plot inspection what I've seen them do is basically they just drive past every plot and take a visual look out from their vehicle. It's not what I would call a proper plot inspection. But they'd noted that my plot wasn't over 75% cultivated. 
in their eyes. And I disagreed with this and I sent an email back because a lot of my plots still had green manures growing. The council came back with what are green manures, so I had to explain that to them and they went, oh, okay, um, that's fine then, not a problem. We would just check it next time we do a inspection. I found that quite amusing. But this weekend, the green manures were going to come out. A few weeks ago, I actually chopped down the autumn-winter mix in one of the beds, which is where sweet corn is going to go. The sweet corn, which at home, isn't quite ready to go out yet. That'll be next week, I'd imagine. But the other bed, I had phacelia growing in. Now, the phacelia, I love phacelia. It does a really good job at suppressing weeds. But it had been in flower and there was lots and lots of bees on it. So I was sort of leaving it for the bees anyway. But because of this email, they had to come out. So I've chopped those down. And into that, I have planted some sprouts and some cabbages. Put that bed into use. And actually, I'm quite glad for it. It does feel like it's finally getting into use. And these sprouts and cabbages could have gone out sooner. I was just leaving the green manures to do their thing. What I noticed as I was removing the green manures and planting the uh, sprouts and cabbages the ground below the green manures was really damp we did have a bit of rain the other day but i think the fact that over winter it has acted as like a, a shield really well to hold on to that moisture it just for me proves why i use green manures more and more often anyway with that bed now completed and planted up and I've gone around the rest of the allotment, cleared out a lot of weeds, particularly in the raspberry and strawberry area. It now, I think, looks like it's actually in a lot more use. We'll see what they say in a few weeks' time when they do another inspection, but I can't see there being a problem in all honesty. It's one of those things I think we tend to worry about a bit too much. Now, after tidying that plot up, I then went to the Hoogle culture bed and added a load of compost to the top of that. And again, I've planted more cabbages into that. I think this is going to be a really good experiment this year. Hoogle culture is a method of gardening that uses wood on the bottom to act as like a sponge and hold on to moisture and wick water up into the compost on above. I've never done it before. I've heard a lot about it, but I'm excited to see just how well it works and we'll find out this year. After that everything had a really good watering. It is a bit on a warm side at the moment and then I've harvested some leeks, some rhubarb and some asparagus all of which we're going to take home and use. Now I mentioned the bees earlier but one thing that I do have growing in my allotment in fact I've got several areas for this particular plant and the bees absolutely love it is comfrey and it's time that we start using our comfrey to good use. And that's what I'm going to talk about now. Now, before I took on an allotment, I had never really heard about comfrey. I think comfrey is a plant that isn't really associated with a home garden. It's quite a big plant. It can certainly become very invasive. I wouldn't call it exactly the prettiest plant either. The flowers the bees may love, but where it really comes into its own is what it can do on an allotment. Now, if you don't have comfrey growing on your allotment, I highly recommend you go and get it. It does become quite big and can grow up to one and a half metres tall and it can spread up to one and a half metres as well. But what you've got to remember is there are varieties such as Bokken 14, which prevent it from spreading and taking up too much room. 
It grows pretty much anywhere. The bees love the flowers, but where it really comes into its own is the fact that you can make plant food from it. And there are three ways that I personally use comfrey in my garden. Now, the first and probably the most simplest thing to do with comfrey is to make plant food from the leaves. So what I do, when the plant gets pretty tall like it is now, I chop the plant off down at the base. Now, because I have several patches of comfrey, I can do this one at a time, so the bees always have some source of flowers. But the chopped down leaves, what I then do, I take some of those and I pot them into a basket that is submerged into water. This is a plant food maker. Now, you may not have this particular plant food maker that I have. Don't sweat. If you've got a water butt or anything that can hold water and an old pillowcase, just put all your comfrey leaves into that pillowcase, submerge it in the water and leave it to steep and provide and produce a comfrey tea. The other way you can make plant food is to put the leaves in some sort of sieve and let it excrete this black liquid out uh, into a bowl that is underneath this sieve. This can be done in many, many different ways. One of the ways that I've seen many people do it, which I quite like, is to use a vertical piece of gutter drain pipe with a sieve on the bottom, a bucket underneath to catch any of the liquid and a lid on the top so even rain won't get into it. What I like about this particular system is that both the methods I've described today can produce comfrey tea but it really really stinks. It is incredibly smelly. By using this drain pipe, vertical drain pipe method The smell is lifted up above, so you're not likely to smell it. So that's the first thing I like to use comfrey for, just a simple making of the plant food. The second thing I like to do with comfrey is I use it as a mulch. Now, everybody knows, I'm sure by now, I love to use mulches on my allotment and even at home. And comfrey is actually a very good mulch, I've discovered, especially around things like potatoes and tomatoes, because it will excrete out some of this plant food at the same time. Now, there are two ways that I produce comfrey mulch. First, I just take those leaves that I've chopped off and just simply place them down around the plant. This covers quite a large area very quickly it's probably not the best mulch for suppressing weeds because it can leave quite a few gaps in between but it does cover a large area the second way my preferred way is to run over these comfrey leaves with a lawnmower to produce a much finer chopped up mulch and then again i place that around my potatoes around my tomatoes and pretty soon weeds are suppressed and there you have it a good mulch Now, the third way I like to use comfrey is quite simply, I just add it to the compost heap. This may not surprise you. It's a a green material. It's going to be used to rot down and produce compost, of course. But what the advantage of with comfrey particularly is that its decomposition would encourage the bacterial action and that will cause the the heap to heat up and speed up the composting process. So it acts as an accelerant to your compost making. Again, I think that is just well worth growing, especially if you're no digger like myself. You need to produce a lot of compost. You need to produce it fast and you need it of a high quality. 
When I add it to the compost heap, again, I just do the same as I said with a mulch. Either add it in just chopped leaves straight off the plant or run over it with a lawnmower to chop it up really fine. Chopped up really fine does really work better, I've got to say. If you can spare the time to chop all your compost materials up with a lawnmower, it does speed things up. So there you go. Three ways that I use comfrey in my allotment. Love to know if you've got any tips or tricks that you use comfrey for. Let me know. My email, as always, is richard at vegproudpodcast.co.uk. And with that, let's get back to the gardening. It is Monday the 23rd of May 2022 today. You join me back in my kitchen. Following on from last week where I mentioned some cheap recipes and I had a great response with people really wanting to hear more about it. So I figured on Monday we will finish off just in the kitchen. Now what I am cooking in here is a bit of a pudding. It is poached rhubarb. It's to me a bit of a while to try and find a good cheap recipe and rhubarb at the moment is in plenty of supply so it seems to fit in quite nicely with what I want to do. Now what I've done, I've taken 250 millilitres of water and poured that into a saucepan. I've then taken 250 grams of caster sugar and added that to the water and brought it to the boil. Then I've taken about 400 grams of rhubarb, which I've chopped up, and I've added that to the boiling sugar syrup. And then what I've just done, I've turned the heat off and left the rhubarb to cool in this syrup. Now, uh, after it had cooled down nicely, I've just removed the rhubarb from the syrup, placed it onto a plate, and then served it with a bit of clotted cream or something nice very very simple and easy meal that we can make as a bit of a pudding the the rhubarb takes in some of that sweetness from the syrup now what i've also done i'm not throwing away the sugar syrup that i've made with this it can be used as a bit of a a a flavoring a bit of a a a nice even a food coloring i guess looking at it because it's got that pink looking attached to it so it's almost like a grenadine syrup that we've made here so just something that we don't have to waste well that brings this week's podcast up to an end please do if you have any more recipes please send them in i'd love to know some cheap ideas of food that we can cook using the food that we grow and try and make it very very cheap if you want to send a recipe in or you've got anything else you want to talk about, it's richard at vegrowpodcast.co.uk for my email address. You can head to the website at vegrowpodcast.co.uk where you can leave me a comment or you can leave me a voicemail. And while you're at the vegrowpodcast.co.uk, you might want to consider becoming a supporting member. I charge £5 a month to become a supporting member and for that you get extra behind the scenes podcasts as well as each month a collection of seeds sent out to your door. We also sell merchandise on the website so grab yourself a t-shirt, a cap or anything like that too. Finally don't forget to follow us on any social media platform. We will be back again next time so until then please take care. (laughs) 